0: You're listening to the Road to Wisdom podcast, weaving stories told by wonderful minds about all things motherhood, health, intimacy, politics, nature,
1: and everything in between. Join us on an adventure discovering unique experiences that we can learn from to enhance the ways in which we live. We are your hosts, Chloe and Kishia. All right, Chloe, so... Talking about your birth stories today, mm. um, and I'm really interested to hear it because even though we've done a little chatter about our birth stories, we've not gone into details. So yeah. can we begin with, who are you? Who's in your family? <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, okay, so
0: with us, Brenton, obviously, partner, and four kids, Birdie, Pippa, Rosie, Banjo, mm-hmm. in order. Um so Birdie's just turned seven, Pippa's just turned five, Rosie's three and
1: Banjo is one. Yeah, I don't know how <laughs> that happened. <laughs> They're my numbers too. Really? <laughs> yeah. One, three, five and seven? Yeah. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so obviously Birdie was my initiation into motherhood. Yeah, She was the one who started all of this. Um,
1: so let's begin. So yeah. you and Brenton... Get an egg fertilized, take it from there. <laughs> so we had sex once. <laughs> <laughs> One time. Um, yeah, just once. Um, that's
0: all it took. Um, no. So, yeah, we conceived birdie very easily, um, which I'm very. No, not planned. Um, big planned surprise. By the universe. Yeah, the universe knew that's what we needed. That's what happened. Um, so, yeah, bird. Bird's little seed came along and um, oh, it was a whirlwind to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like it was not expected, not planned. Um, and so, yeah, I really, there was no preparation, no thought of, you know, what am I going to do or how am I going to do this? Mm-hmm. It was just, it's happening. What do I do now? Yeah. Um, I remember
1: peeing on the stick and I was just like, can I ask, yeah. what what was the indication to pee on a stick? Oh, well, my, my cycle was like clockwork at the time.
0: Okay. Um, yep. Like I've never had any cycle problems or like, you know, I wasn't on the pill. I just <laughs> obviously was trying not to have a baby but also not doing anything about it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I um was just late and I was like, oh, gosh, there's a very high chance I could be pregnant. Um. So I went. I got a test. So Brenton was working, um, and at the time we were living together. So um, he was at work, and I had a friend over, and um, actually she was our housemate for a little bit. She was she was there, and um, I was like, I'm just gonna go do it. And anyway, I it was one of those times, and you you've done as many pregnancy tests as I have, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, and you look at it, and it's not. But then, so I did it and I looked at it real quick because I didn't know that you like have to wait for a long time. So I was, like, looked, I was like, oh, okay, good. And then put it down. And then I just like look on the floor and I'm like, oh, my God. It's like two <laughs> lines. I'm like, oh, like a hyperventilating. And anyway, I didn't even know what to do. Like I had no, fr- no family around. Yeah. And at the time I just got kind of recently had gotten back from being overseas. So there was like I was kind of finding my feet again. Um, and so there weren't many people around me and um and I had no idea what to do, dude. I literally like called the closest doctor and went in and I was just like I peed on a stick. It says I'm positive, like, what do I do now? Like I had no idea what to do. And um anyway, he's like <sighs> he's like, um, okay, so I'm assuming you would like to get an abortion. And I was like, <sighs> yeah, straight off the bat. And I was like, I don't know what indication I gave you for you to think that. Um, Anyway, I was like, okay, I'm not meant to be here. Like this is not for me. And so I just left and then. um, Did Brenton know at this stage? No. (sighs) No. It was the same day. Like I'm fairly sure I took the pregnant. Yeah. I I can't even know. It's a bit of a blur. So I took the pregnancy test in the morning. Yeah. And then by that same day I'd gone. To like some oh wow just a rando random GP. GP yeah just to be for them to double confirm that I was definitely pregnant. But yeah. he was kind of like if you did that, if you took a pregnancy test and it's positive, like you're pregnant. And I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> um anyway, so Brenton was at work and he got home and I was like trying to think about what how I was like I obviously couldn't
1: hold like keep it in you know, <laughs> like I had to I was losing it, right? Yeah. Um, I can't believe you didn't like text him straight away. That's blowing my mind. Yeah, but we didn't
0: know each other for a whole lot of time prior to that, right? Yeah. So I was like, whoa, this is it's big. not that is what big. I would have ever thought would have been my reality. Um, and anyway, so he got home late and like he kind of just walked in and I was in the kitchen and I just looked at him like the most deathly look like and just burst into tears and he was like um you okay like what's going on (laughs) and I was like I'm pregnant and just like fell into him he was just like there was a silence and then he was a pregnant pause a (laughs) pregnant pause and he was just like I I mean who knows what he was thinking um and he was like it's all right like and anyway um at the same time that was happening I think he'd organized because he has a combi right like an old orange 1970 combi it's very cool (laughs) And um, at the time, I think the same day, like it had a flat battery or something. So he had organized to get someone to after work to like jump it <laughs> or something. So anyway, there was a guy, at the f- I think there was a guy at the front, like putting in a new battery to the combi and I'm just like, I'm pregnant. And he's just like, but you. I don't know, like for anybody who knows, like if you, if you jump start an old car, you got to take it for a drive. <laughs> Otherwise it just, the battery goes flat anyway. So like. Poor guy rolls a joint. We both get in the combi <laughs> and just drive up the mountain in Crumbin Valley in complete silence. And I'm like, I just like, what are you thinking? What am I thinking? Who knows? Anyway, we finally digest it all and, you know, decide that it's an amazing thing to happen. And like, we're gonna have this baby and it's gonna, we're like gonna be a little family. And um, yeah, so pregnancy was cruisy. Like it was such an easy experience um like I didn't have any like no morning sickness at all like it was as if nothing had happened Like my stomach was just growing and I hate yeah (laughs) most people listening probably will hate me for saying that um and yeah we traveled a lot during it um and yeah we were trying to it was the the wild thing was just that we were establishing life together and preparation for having a little baby within the realm of like brenton's work and just all the things that you know we had to fit in yeah um should we share with people really quickly what brenton does for work and yes. why you travel so much <laughs> yeah so um brenton works in film and tv yeah. um as an actor i'm sure most people would know that and by this most stage, people already know that <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, for those of you who don't there we go
0: yeah and so well at the time when we met he was working, um, doing Pirates of the Caribbean... On the, ...and it was shooting on the Gold Coast. Yeah. Um, should I go into a quick, like, how we met?
1: Oh, yeah. Let's take it back. It's All such right. a good story. Okay. Let's well, go. Let's go back for a second. So,
0: yeah. um, Brenton was in town. Well, he's from from Queensland, born in Queensland... ...but um, wasn't living in Australia at this time. He was living in America, in LA... ...and was just in Australia shooting Pirates of the Caribbean which is a really long was long like I think seven months or something and um he was sharing he was living up at um, Broad Beach at Peppers where everybody was staying um from the film and um he just hated it and was then living with his mum down in Crumbin and um I don't think that was working either so she was like why don't you you know look for a place to another place to say and I don't know how I don't know what went down there, but um he was anyway, I had a I had just got back from travelling overseas and um I had this house and I needed someone was moved. Oh my friend was supposed to move up and she never moved because you know a family thing happened and so I had this room and I was like well I need someone to move in because (laughs) I can't like afford to pay for it. (laughs) And um (laughs) anyway. This guy messaged me. He was like, hey, just like inquire. Because I had an ad up on Gumtree, which if you're in America, the equivalent is like Craigslist. Yeah. And so it was just like looking for a roommate. This is the details. And I was just, I got so many calls and so many messages about the room and I was just over it. I was like, I just, like, it's so many. Anyway, this random person messaged me like late at night. And I was like, yeah, all right, can you come at like really late? and he was like yeah okay anyway at the time I just got back from doing like my yoga teacher training in Bali and done a whole bunch of yoga and meditation and stuff in India so I was in my there was like a little front yard of the house and I was there doing yoga and doing my practice and whatever and then he just walks in and I'm like doing a headstand and I just (laughs) (laughs) sit down and I was like
1: hey and I was already like oh who's this I was like did you know like when you saw him were you like I kind of recognize oh god, you no. from things. Oh no, I no. don't even watch
0: TV, let alone. I don't get um, the starstruck thing. Like I, I'm terrible at recognizing people unless I've been glued watching, um, like a series or something yeah, together, okay. and then I see someone, I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> I feel really like, <laughs> yeah. But with him, I was like, who's this? Like, anyway, he was like, we showed him around, and he, he was like, um, yeah, cool. I think I'll, I think I'll take it. And I was like, okay, yeah, cool. And anyway, he moved in, like not that long after and it was like a it was such an instant I don't know like there was definitely an attraction there but he was Well, you're both, yeah <laughs> you're both very attractive people so I can
1: I could see that happening very easily
0: um, <laughs> but he was working heaps right and I had no idea he so his story that he told me was oh I'm like I saw what are you like what are you doing like what's your deal like what's your story and he's like oh um. yeah, I'm just, like, studying music and I work in, like, a bar or something. And I was like, oh, cool. That's awesome. Like, good for you.
1: I'm really... <laughs> What's like, with this that, like, slide? Singer. Like, I'm going to be living with you. That's
0: yeah. He obviously just...
1: Yeah. He doesn't go around <laughs> locate, telling people... Locate.
0: Hey, I'm this guy doing this thing. Anyway, it was super just, like... And I was, like, really into it I was like oh that's really cool like musician like studying music like art and blah blah. like he was always like painting in the um you know yard and playing guitar and I was like I was very into it and um and then yeah something like it just obviously like we were hanging out heaps like we were painting together we were like getting sunrise coffees together like there was a it was It was it was very enjoyable yeah
1: and um, and at this stage, you still don't realize that he is not just working at n- a bar.
0: No, no yeah. idea. Anyway,
1: something like
0: he just didn't pay the rent. Like he was terrible at paying. <laughs> and I was like, and I said to my husband, like, I don't think he's got any money. Like <laughs> he's broke. Obviously, like he's studying, like the in the arts, yeah. and you know, like starving musician type vibe. like yeah. he, I don't. I don't think we're gonna. I think we're in a bit of trouble here. Um, in terms of getting any money from this guy, anyway, he eventually like I have to give him a nudge. I'm like, dude, you've got to pay. Like, you got to pay rent, and he's like, oh yeah, yeah. And anyway, pays it into my roommate's account, and so I never look look at anything. Like, I never even like think to. No, no one thinks to Google their housemate, right? I think most people do.
1: Do quite, they? Yes. Oh, oh God! I think I don't. a lot of people just like chuck that shit into Google and just double check that okay, they haven't no got a of the future Maybe <laughs> living with them. Anyway, I didn't. Did I?
0: Um, <laughs> and anyway, it, what happened? Something was weird. Oh, he goes to me. Oh, I've got to. Um. By this stage, we were quite like, like there was an obvious attraction between us and like lots of you know flirting and hanging out and it was very lovely and then he was like oh I've got to go to LA um for this thing for the weekend I'm like what like what kind of thing And then like who has a thing in LA for For the weekend weekend?" for this thing that I did once for the dude that doesn't pay his so vague (laughs) I was like okay have fun anyway like calls me in LA with his and I'm like what are you doing anyway I just really had no idea still and I was such a fairy I was like oh cool (laughs) whatever you're doing that's really cool and um and then anyway my housemate was like started just freaking out one day in the kitchen being like oh my god oh my god oh my god and I'm like what and he's like Brenton is dating Taylor Swift and I was like what anyway she's like got on google a picture of Brenton and Taylor Swift at like some party together, and I'm like, who is he? Like, what is going on? And anyway, that's when the cascade of like finding out <laughs> what what his story actually is. <laughs> who the fuck this guy is? Yeah, and then I was like, who I was like, hang on, what is going on here? And I realised that, and then he eventually tells. I'm like, what is? And I'm I've obviously like said to him, like, what is going on? <laughs> who are you? And he tells me, and he's here working on, and I was like, oh cool. I was like. Still at that point, I was like, oh, like an extra or something. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. He's an extra. That's hot. <laughs> I think this is yeah, I love you so much. <laughs> and um, I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, he's an extra. And then I realised, like, he takes me to set. And I'm like, he's the guy in the movie. <laughs> like, casually, hey, Johnny. I'm like, anyway, there's, like, helicopters everywhere. And, like, there's all this stuff. And I'm just like, ooh, okay, okay. Here we are. That's
1: brilliant. That's really good. Anyway, smooth. Um, move.
0: <laughs> yeah, so obviously we don't stay housemates for long, we start <laughs> sharing a room and anyway, <laughs> we have a lot of fun together and it was a really brief time, but it was a really intense, good, amazing time. Like we just, there was a lot there. Like we're obviously living together
1: straight up. Can we just qu- qu- like yeah, quant- quantify, qualify, qu- mm-hmm. whatever the word is, yeah. baby brain times yeah. four, um, was Brenton dating Taylor Swift at this stage? No. no okay. So
0: later on I find out that it was just a bit of a PR thing. Because like, they did a movie together and um, they were at a party. And, you know, like press people would just be like, get together and think of it. And then uh, pull a story from yeah, it. It was okay. kind of like that. Brilliant. That's what I tell myself anyway. Ta- Taylor Swift's <laughs> dated
1: everyone. so yeah. yeah, that's what I tell myself. <laughs> he, didn't, he did not date Taylor Swift before me. <laughs> um no it was a anyway, anyway. he stepped up if if oh, that was the deal he's definitely <laughs> stepped up <laughs> um sorry taylor we love you <laughs> hmm,
0: bless her um she didn't stand a chance no <laughs> um anyway so that's that story i'm sure we could keep going <laughs> keep going there but um okay cut to birdie is a little seed in your belly yeah so and that's the other thing with Brent and i like we don't really give much thought. Like it's all just feeling based. We're like, yeah, it's just, yep, it's happening. Like we're just, we make decisions, like big worldly life decisions in a, just on the whim. Exactly. Yep. But it's always been the right decision. Um, <clears throat> And so, yeah, it was a bit of a, but it was, a, it was obviously like a bit of a intense time because like Brenton obviously wasn't living in Oz and I was. Yep. And, um, you know, like he was, planning to just be there for the shoot and then return back to LA. And so I in amongst all that would I had to kind of decide like, okay, well, I guess I have to go to LA. Like I have I have to integrate into, you know, his world. And um, which was obviously not on my radar considering I just got back from doing like vipassana in <laughs> India, silenced yoga. And I was like, you know, just a different, totally different world. Just right. from one side of the spectrum mm-hmm. to the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and so it was a bit of a roller coaster like I was really just like whoa whoa like I'm having a baby not planned um and by not planned you know what I mean yeah. like it Surprise. was it was a it was yeah and yeah so there was a lot of moving parts to the, my life at that point
1: point. and um so yeah we we're traveling a lot and So did you did you um seek out some advice or professionals or whatever <sighs> Pregnancy-wise, mm. like were you looking for that in L.A.? No, because so Brenton just kind of
0: went to L.A. to do some stuff and I stayed at home because I was just like I don't want to have a baby in America. Like I would, I knew that much that yeah. I want to have a baby at home. Um, and so actually by complete chance Brenton and his mum were having a coffee and um, it happened to be like right below my midwife's office. Yep. And they randomly just saw it and they're like, oh, why don't and Fiona Brenton's mom was like, why don't you just go in? And like check it out. Which was weird because I wasn't actually there. But she's a midwife herself. So I think she just had that thought, like, Yep. This is the path. Which I'm super grateful for because it was the best fit for me at that time because ultimately I had nothing, no you know, like I think I mentioned before in our intro that I obviously have, you know, knowledge about health and ...all of that but birth and pregnancy was just really not...
1: It's not on your radar until it's on your radar, right? It's not the
0: same as... ...you can't know health but know birth in that way... ...until you've really gone through it several times, right? And so anyway I met... ...I went in there and um, I met um, Steph who became my midwife... ...and um, I think she was the perfect middle ground for me at the time... ...because... um, ...she kind of just allowed me to make my, make up my own mind... ...and she just gave me the information and I went for it... ...and just made the decisions that I felt were right. I wouldn't make any of them now. I probably wouldn't do a lot that I did. Um, but anyway, just...
1: Yeah, I was... I ha- I was so her. in terms of planning the birth? Yeah,
0: so yeah. the plan was – so Steph and her team at the time were very home birth-centred midwives. But I just didn't feel like uh, – like I just well, – I was scared of it to be completely transparent. Like I was scared to have a home birth because I would had never birthed before. Like I just – it wasn't on my radar.
1: Did you know anyone that had home birth? No. Fiona,
0: did she have an inf- no, any she, information? No, she was um, – Hospital midwife, and yeah. I think more, yeah, like that was her world. Um, and so you know, as they really encouraged me, like Steph and the and her team, were, you know, like that was their thing. And I was like, no, nah. and but that was fine because she, you know, had an, a connection with the hospital as well in the birthing, um, birthing ward, yeah which is beautiful. Um, it's like, I guess, if you're gonna have a hospital birth, it's the ideal yeah. place, the ideal setup. Um, so my the plan going in was that I would just have, you know, a normal physiological water birth in the hospital yep. and then go home four hours later. This is the birth centre? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. cool. Um, and then fast forward to due date, um, nothing was going on. Um, I was ten days over. And in that ten days was so intense because you know what it's like to have to get to that point in the journey and everyone starts telling you the shit, like, you know, you know, like someone told me I had a 1% chance of having a baby naturally after that. And I was like, okay. And Who is this person? all this fear starts coming in and people yeah. tell you what they think you need to do based on either their experience or what they think they know, what they've seen, you know, all of that. And so I was starting to really panic. I was like, you know, and then everyone's like, you need to be induced because if you don't, then you'll, You know, this this is your outcomes. This is what's most likely going to happen. And I was like, what the heck? And anyway, thankfully I had Steph to kind of
1: ground you. Yeah. And
0: she was like, that's rubbish. Don't listen to this shit. You've got this. We'll wait. But then when it started like creeping up to 42 weeks, she was like, yeah, you know, let's do it. You know, if you want to do a stretch and sweep, we can do that. And I was like, I didn't even know what a freaking stretch and sweep was, right? No idea. I didn't read. Didn't like.
1: It sounds quite like a quite a passive thing too like I had one That's friend That's
0: exactly what I thought it was. Yeah, I like thought a it was sleep.
1: Like we're just stretching and sleeping like like dooping yeah, like do, like the kitchen after my kids have yeah. just made a mess.
0: <laughs> yeah, like it's a massage or something, right? Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. I I agreed to it. I was like, okay, all right. It was freaking intense. Like and so invasive and so uncomfortable and I feel like if I didn't do it, I would have probably had a th- that night or the next day. Because as soon as I had it, I left and I was in early labor. So like so Brent and I both left and I had an appointment for um electroacupuncture. Um, straight after that appointment. Yep. And um on the way there we stopped at this little art store to just like we always did, like have a little <laughs> look and get some stuff and um, I was like, Oh, I am feeling so tender, like this is I'm really cramping like this is I think whatever that stretch and sweet was like it really hurt like I'm not feeling great like I'm feeling like pretty raw anyway like I go to my acupuncture appointment and I last like 20 minutes and I'm like like on the walls like oh my god like the the contractions are so intense mm. and I'm like i got to get out of here like I go home and I I'm like in the car like just not okay like the, the cramps are so intense and I just thought they were cramps, right? I'm like – and I remember Steph being like, you know, early labour, just you guys go for a walk on the beach, like rest, just do what you feel like. Don't get too caught up in it. Like once it starts happening, just you you may be there for a long time and I remember just being in the car on the way home being like, I if I'm supposed to go for a fucking beach walk right now, <laughs> I'm going to die i'm not gonna make it i'm gonna end up having a cesarean if this is the start and it's gonna act, i mean no i had no control at all like my mind was not i was not with it and anyway i get home I'm like a shower shower like get water like i need and anyway i'm like call, please call steph like i'm really struggling already and he's she's like oh on the phone to branch I'm like oh yeah she'll be right just like you know go for a walk and then she can hear me and i'm like She's like, oh, wow, yeah, no, she doesn't sound, no, 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 she, let's come in if you can. And I couldn't even get down my stairs. I was, like, so close already. And then I was, like, so from our house to uh, the hospital where she was born is, like, half an hour drive. And it was a long half an hour. I was... ...hanging over the back seat, like, holding on... ...because I couldn't sit on my bum anymore... ...because I was that far along already. This was, like, 50 minutes after... The stretch I, and sweep. No, no, oh. acupuncture. Oh, okay. But, but prior to that, I was, like, strong... ...like, really feeling the yeah, cramps. Yeah. Anyway, like, got to the car park. I was, like, I can't sit down. Like, I can't get... This is not... I'm really uncomfortable. Yeah. And so she, like, got me in a wheelchair. And I'm, like, like, not... Being able to sit down and I'm like, this is intense. Like if I'm at the beginning I'd um, and I'm panicking because I'm like, yeah. I'm not in control. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, like I get into my room and it's like dark. The pool's there, the border's there. It's, you know, like she's got, you know, like salt lamps and candles and like, I'm like, oh, okay. I got take my clothes off. And I'm just like, I gotta get in the pool. And I just got in there. And I was just like, my whole body just like, like I just got in there and it was, I was blocked off and I just went into it. And it was just us, like obviously no one was there, no one was coming in, poking, prodding, nothing. Like I was just by myself with my own thoughts and um, yes, I got in and I was just like, from then I just had, I felt like I had complete control. So I was moving with the contractions quite easily, like it was obviously intense. Um,
1: And then it was really quick, like 40 minutes in there. In the from when you got into the pool, yeah, wow, yeah, that's insane. Okay, so what was the time frame from the stretch and sweep until? Um, by memory, it was like
0: ten a.m. appointment
1: or whatever, and then yep. she was
0: born at like two
1: two thirty five or something in the other. Are you serious, mm. dude? That is insane. It was intense. That is intense. That's yeah. That is actually it's, t- it's
0: too quick. Yeah, yeah. You don't want that for your first birth because no. I
1: feel like.
0: Obviously, you don't know what. To expect, right? Yeah. So you're going into it like, you know. And I, I had this plan where I was like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll eat, we'll dance, we'll put music on, we'll go to the beach, we'll have a swim. Even like we do, I'll I'll run a bath and I'll I'll put you know my my oils. <laughs> and I'll um, you know, I'll even journal a little. I'll journal. I don't know. I'm gonna have plenty of time that was not the case for me like that rug was ripped from under my feet and I was just like I couldn't land I honestly could not land on my own two feet after that stretch and sweep and that's why I think had I've just waited and really and because I was apprehensive about all of the shit like there was an inner knowing of how I was going to do it and I I'm I'm quite connected to my own you know intuition and what I know to be right for me but there's a lot of cloud there was obviously a lot of cloud there and so when i was trying yeah it took me a little bit to land in the, in that moment and then when i did it just it was such a peaceful experience and then going back to the actual birth um yeah like there was there was no interfering like i was really lucky i, I had a, a beautiful physiological normal birth
1: yeah. so you were in the water I was in the water and then you started pushing did you have like that um the fetal ejection reflex or was it like a proper pushing? No,
0: she. it was – no, it was – well, you know, yeah, it was kind of like I wasn't – no one was like, okay, push now. It was like a total just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah like and you just get you just real know. deep. Yeah. yeah, you
0: just know. And I was so vocal and primal and it just like I roared my baby – I roared, roared them all out. Like yeah. I really did. Um But – yeah, and then she – so the set up with um, having a private midwife in the hospital is as your baby's, like, coming out, you call in a second midwife to witness the birth or whatever it is. And I had no idea that this person had even walked in. And I kind of just, like, looked down and, like, I pushed Birdie out and I, like, got her out. No. Did I? Yeah. Steph was like, pick up your baby, pick up your baby. And because she was kind of, like, at the back – because my birthing position was, like, on – my knees kind of like with my hands over the the pool. Yep. So I was like more or less on all fours. Yeah. Um and then so yeah I grabbed her out and just like lifted her up. And I just the, my first words to my baby were like, that was so easy. And I looked <laughs> at the midwife, the second year, I was like, who are you? <laughs> like I had no <laughs> idea who this person was and just and she was like, it was
1: easy, was it? I was like, honestly, that part was like that was absolutely delicious like did you feel the difference from like from that really chaotic place and I I remember feeling that where you just feel like everything is out of control and a bit of panic yeah I've actually like I've had it mildly in two of my births and massively in one of them um and then when it came to like birdie crowning and Mm. that and your body just bearing down and pushing did did your mindset change? Like did you feel that tangible change? In yeah, because
0: like, you're like, we're here, we're here, yeah, we're yeah. here, I'm here, I'm here, I have made it, I'm okay, I'm okay. Yep. It's like you have an inner dialogue where you just, it is like that primal knowing. There is a knowing mm-hmm. and if you allow for the clouds to clear, yeah, you can get there. Yeah, But I was really lucky because I had someone who wasn't interested in interrupting that and her, she... She played her role really well. She just observed me. yeah, And she witnessed the birth of me and my baby doing the dance. Whereas many midwives, I mean, I'll just generalise, but I feel like it's rare for that person and those people in the birthing world to let go of their ego and just actually sit back and witness birth.
1: But even their fear, I feel like the way you're explaining it, Steph, didn't have fear around birth no, and she didn't bring that into the space. Whereas no. as like with so many, so many midwives who have seen so much, yeah, they've seen some pretty traumatic stuff, especially yeah. if they've worked in a hospital. So, totally. and then that comes into your space yeah. and then all of a sudden mm. they panic because if they do something wrong, well then they're liable. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's that awful cycle, but yeah. So, um, it was, yeah, I was really incredible. lucky to have
0: a birth like that um, for my first birth. Um, and then after that I was like on such a high and I left the hospital four hours later. But it was really looking back, it was such a, you know, and just after she was born, like, you know, we had that skin to skin, like there was no interruption, there was no one coming in, there was no one, you know, in our halo, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it um so yeah and then I was okay and I just I mean I I wasn't a I just don't think I I don't even know if I have the the vocabulary for it but I definitely wasn't it was yeah what is that like that post birth the high
1: yeah it's, a high. it's such a high it's such and a high I was and not is the best
0: yeah it's it was the best and I was so excited and so pr- like I was so proud of myself as well I was like I just did that? Like, I did that, oh
1: God, and I, I was okay,
0: and I was okay. Like, I actually, I'm so good right now. Like, this yeah. is the old. This is what I wanted. This is what I got. Like, sure, there was some things that I wish I didn't do now, looking back, but I didn't know any better at the time. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, like, I was like, you know, screw all those people. Screw those people who told me I'd have a C section because my baby was late. Like. No, she had her day. That's what she wanted. It may have been the next day had I not have interfered at all, and it would have been the same process, maybe less intense and less quick. But um, how? Yeah. How was Brenton through all of that? <laughs> Brenton's funny during in the birth, <laughs> and he's just like, he's. I think he's just like this whole time, like, <laughs> and for anybody who obviously can't see me, he's just like eyes wide, just like in complete shock amaze or just like whoa and I that
1: that's quick for him too like totally you know you don't really I mean I, I can only speak from my experience but like ours was 22 hours like <laughs> the first baby was 22 hours so there was a long long process mm. by the time that baby came out like we were both very ready for it <laughs> we were yeah. exhausted like Togo was fucked I was fucked the baby came out and it was just like oh Oh my god, like that was that huge working process but what was it 4 hours? Yeah. <laughs> 4 hours. That's for a my first birth. For your first birth. So like that's yeah. that is a huge It's intense. Yeah, that's intense. And it's mm-hmm. a, it's a massive thing to process and you guys have had to do it in like like the shortest period mm. of time. Yeah. It's kind of how we do things. <laughs> <laughs> um big things real fast.
0: Yeah. But yeah, then we went home 4 hours and 4 hours later and yeah, it, it's such a weird thing, right? Because you don't know anything about any of that. But you go home and you've got a baby and you just suddenly it's on your boob and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. And like it's like I forgot the instruction booklet. or something. Like what am I doing?
1: But you're just doing it. Did you do any pre- preparation in terms of post-birth? Like, Honestly, did you know it anything? was not on my
0: radar. So no. we did like a... um. We did. And here's the other thing I was really lucky with is that Steph was really hooked up with. Like, breastfeeding is the only option, really. Like, and that's the other thing that I loved about having my midwife. And I was really lucky, is because I made it really clear what my intention was, what kind of birth I wanted. And so there was never a time where she was like, you know, you could have, you could just have an epidural, you could just have something. It was just like, it's not available for you. <laughs> this is what you want. This is what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. You're in it. Good luck. <laughs> and I actually really appreciated that. Um, but the other thing is that she was really, really into breastfeeding. And so I did invest a little bit of time into that prior. I had some horrible... Like my breastfeeding journey with Bertie was horrific. Like Brenton was s- milking my... ...like squeezing like little tiny droplets of liquid gold... Into syringes, like trying to get something because Birdie's latch was—it felt like like glass shredding my nipples every single time she would go on there. And this went on for like six weeks, but I was like, there is no option B. Like I'm breastfeeding this baby, yeah, and I'm not. There's, there is a way. Like, do not—I can see shit coming out of my boobs. <laughs> like, there is milk there. I'm a woman. I. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. And I'm going to do it. And don't give me any other options. And I I exhausted every last option and I ended up getting there. But it took like a solid two months to really be comfortable breastfeeding, Birdie. And it was not easy at all. But I had that support too, um, which was amazing. But um, yeah, my postpartum was hard. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. Like I had no one – I had – I had no one really around that was teaching me what I actually needed. like I was really much in the in the scene where you know you still did everything because. I don't know and I'm not a good receiver
1: like Beyonce, so I feel like right yeah Beyonce, <laughs> like she'd sung a freaking song about how we push our babies out and get back to business so yeah that's like yeah and,
0: and it's a lot of that's also because I'm a terrible receiver too like yeah. even if someone yeah. was like oh I'll come over and um cook like a bunch of meals and clean your house i be like no thank you I'm okay but really like you know like I know now if a mother says that you're like
1: Sit down. Yeah. It's almost like sit your ass down. I'm gonna do
0: this. Yeah. Or just you don't even talk about it. You just drop a meal. You just you just do the cooking for four weeks, Mm -hmm. six weeks. You just go to the house, you just clean it. Yeah. You don't even talk to the mother. You just do it. Yeah. And I definitely did not have any of that. Um, you know, and I I look at um, you know, my friends now that are about to give birth and all of the things that are happening to them and they've just got like meal trains and you know people looking after their kids and um just all of the shit I was like wow that was not that was not the FME um and you would have you would you would have been the same. Yeah. Like seven years ago I just feel like the it was still more about like um what do you what does your I'm gonna buy your baby a gift and um yeah. You know, that's what it was about. It was about the baby. I'll come over baby. and hold your baby. Yeah, I'll come over and hold your baby. Can yeah. I have a hold? Oh. You're like... And at the time you're excited and you're proud and you're like... Yeah. ...this is my beautiful baby. Yeah, of course. But
1: let me show my baby there's off. something
0: about it in the moment. And I remember like allowing a lot of people to come over mm. um, and hold the baby. And I'd be sweating like still and bleeding... ...and just being, feeling so tapped out and so not with it yep. and like can't talk and just feeling like a feeling of like what is the feeling it's like just so
1: this thing happened to me
0: this thing happened to me and i'm not saying it's like this horrible thing and no. it's like it's a big thing and it's not to be interrupted it don't you shouldn't i don't know like i just don't think that you should go like at the time i thought it, it was a really beautiful thing and people were coming to visit and like bring gifts, and it is a beautiful thing because it's a lovely gesture, and everyone's excited. But there's no regard to what has happened, and yeah, that just was very apparent when I had Birdie. It was, it was not mother-child centered where people were, you know, trying to enforce the bond. That yeah, to like this is about mother and child, and there's a whole, there's a whole lot of things going on and people think once the baby comes out that's the end but they don't even you know it's not even all the babies come out it's still connected to it's you know placenta like it's it's life like that is still giving the baby life after it's born it's like you you cut that and you think that the baby's all good and then everything's good and you just go on with life and mum can you know do what she well, was doing. Now, now you're not
1: pregnant anymore. <laughs> you're just exactly the same as yeah. you were pre-pregnancy, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the the culture's it's shifted definitely since. shifted yeah. a
0: lot since then. But I wasn't even aware of it then. I always had these feelings. I was like, this just doesn't. F- I'm not. I just don't want to be around. Like, why are there people in my ha- like? I can't. But I I was people pleasing too. I was like, yeah, yeah. come over. Like, if this time works for you, mm-hmm. no regards to the fact that my baby needs me or it doesn't want to be held by a stranger or you know someone feed me I haven't eaten in a couple hours like you know what I mean like I didn't even have that on my radar because I just didn't know that was a thing um so yeah the
1: but also too like to add to that you've got you're running off those hormonal highs Mm. in that first part like I remember feeling so good that like I think my mum offered to make me food at the start. And I was like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm not hungry at all. Like, and you just push away Mm. any help because it almost feels like if you accept it, then you're not feeling good. Yeah. But like you are feeling good and everything's great. So you have to, you have to show that you can do, like, you don't need other people to do anything for you. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I mean, for me, it's been a massive process of shutting that shit down Mm. because especially like I tell my friends now when they have their babies and that first, that like those first few days, you're going to feel great. Mm. Like you're going to push that baby out and you're going to be running this hormonal high where like, you're like, everything is the best rest. (laughs) Mm. Use that energy to recover because everything is not like it. And I hated when people said this to me, but it's an injury. You've just, pushed a human out of your body, mm-hmm. you've got this massive void within your stomach that needs to recover. You've Like the, the physical elements of it that you've just given so much of your body to create this life, then to push it out, now you're giving more to like ensure its survival. Mm. Um, and that's the thing, like you don't even think about
0: the, you know, Yes, physical touch, it's tangible, whatever. But you don't even think about all your other senses. Like I remember really clearly one day my my mother-in-law came over when Birdie was three days old and with the most beautiful intention said to us, why don't you go get a coffee just you two? Like I'll hold the baby. And I was like, oh, okay. And, you know, at that stage, like we were like really struggling with establishing breastfeeding. Like, you know, we were co-sleeping so I wasn't sleeping because I was scared I was going to squish my baby. And I was like, oh okay I'll go and I remember just sitting in the cafe like shaking almost like I just felt not like I should not have been there like my whole body was it's like I had a fever like I was shaking and I was like oh my god and it and I just thought it was like oh what well, I just had a you know I haven't been sleeping and whatever I'm not drinking coffee right now and I'm just obviously really tired but it's taken me up until like you know recently to realize that that coherence and the smell of your baby and that hormonal, you know, cocktail that exists on your baby for days and weeks after it is born Months. and you touch it and you smell it and you put it on your mouth and it absorbs into you and is a part of you and is required for the signalling of your body to heal and to come back to itself. And I let, I said it's like it makes me cringe to think that I happily let put that distance between us and I've done it many times and I did it in a big way with my second which I'll which I'll share but um yeah it's we we totally disregard the things that we can't actually see or science can't explain Mm. but. ...that's a massive thing and we can se- we can see that, oh yeah, you shouldn't separate mum and bub at birth... ...because, you know, there's something. Yeah. We just know that. Yeah, But there's a whole primal, like, now it's waterfall like, of things that, you know, your baby's born... ...and, you know, the mother will be like, oh, and then communicate like the first word... ...and it's signalling something to the baby and the, the breath, the touch of that air... ...with the perfect amount of oxygen touches your baby's face... Not anybody else's oxygen, not anybody else's breath, your breath, and your touch, and the whole thing—that whole like—it's you can't explain the it. Smell of your and sweats, science can't explain the, yeah. it, but it's everything. It's just you two, and that is required for like the first breath, the neurological development of the first minute, second of the baby's mm. earthside experience, and cutting the cord off and we're only just getting to the point where like oh well, it's not pulsating anymore it's white we can cut it it's like you don't know what is happening no one knows what is happening mm. we can't just cut stuff and then be like mum you go there have a shower go down for a coffee baby cow. I'll be right yeah I'll let you know if it cries it's like there is so much in between it and we're only just figuring it. it's in. taken me seven years like I wish I could go back and just be like Okay, get the hell away from me, everybody. I'll see you if you're dropping a meal or changing my sheets because there's breast milk everywhere and I can't do any of this. I'm, you know. But also, like, it's no one's fault. Like, you've, like, there's... It's a journey. Yeah, Mm. and... No one knows unless you say what you need and I didn't know what I needed and I'm only just figuring out now, bloody four babies later. And even though I've, I've had four babies and I'm like, I still don't know. Yeah. Like I still don't know what is the best, how to have the absolute best outcome. Like, yeah. Well,
1: on that note, mm-hmm. so how old was Bertie when you fell pregnant with Pip? Um,
0: So... Birdie was uh, like 16 months old. Mm -hmm. Um, We were living in LA. So we moved back to LA um, when Birdie was just about to turn one. Um, And we actually didn't spend a whole lot of time there because we were kind of all over the place traveling. And um, I don't know, at one point we would kind of like, no, we we would want our baby to have a sibling, like for sure. Like we're doing it. We're going to have like heaps of kids. <laughs> and um, we're like, all right, well, let's just see what happens. And then the next day I was like, oh, I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> um, Obviously I'm exaggerating this a little bit. But, yeah, like we're very fertile and just can make babies very easily, which I'm very, very fortunate for. But, um, yeah, so I actually didn't know that we were pregnant straight up. I... I still had a little bit of um, like I, I got my cycle back just over a year um, after having Birdie. So I was still in that adjusting season of my cycle and everything. I was breastfeeding a lot, a lot. <laughs> um, and so I wasn't even expecting to get pregnant so easy because I was breastfeeding i now know after four babies that is not a thing it's not a thing, it's not a thing. so if you're not wanting to have a baby do something else <laughs> um anyway we were going to japan and um i was so excited to go to japan because i was like oh the food this all the things and i got there and i was like oh i just don't feel like eating like none of this food makes me like i'm not feeling it and i was like oh i should be getting my period oh And I just had no energy. Like we'd met some of our absolute dearest friends over there, mine and Brendan's. And I was just like, I can't be bothered doing it. I'm so tired. Or maybe it's the jet lag. Like LA to Japan, that's a big one. I'm just feeling – and I was like, oh, I bet I'm pregnant. And I got back to LA and I was like, yep. (laughs) Um, And at that stage I was like, oh, well, I know I'm going to have a – I think I'm good to have a home birth now. Like that first experience was just – Easy. <laughs> um as easy as I thought it was gonna get. Um so yeah, I'll go home. We'll go home later on and you know, I'll um have Steph again and have home birth. And that was the plan. Like I had another really easy pregnancy, no morning sickness, apart from that little bit of um food aversions. Yeah. That was it. Um and so yeah, went went back to Oz. Um and had Steph again and it was basically like the exact same experience. Like we'd have all the same appointments and at, but this time I was just more like, I know what I'm doing. Like, you know, second baby. um, And then, so we'd planned. So at that stage, Brenton took a job in Canada, which is, it was a really big job. We were going to be spending, you know, like at least five years there back and forth. And so it was actually great. You know, in hindsight, because we would be home, and um, you know, like it was when he was finishing that roundabout, is when people would be born, and then we'd be home for six months. It was actually quite great. Um, anyway, um, what happened? Oh, I think I was in Canada, and then I flew home with Bertie and um, Brenton would be coming home soon, and um, I was like thirty weeks or something pregnant I think then 33 somewhere around the end anyway and um and I I was out for my friend's baby baby shower baby blessing it was actually just a really casual lunch at the, at the spice den so it was like spicy food and I was like oh well, anyway I was 35 weeks pregnant then and so I ate all the food all the goodness and um the next day I woke up and I was like vomiting and I was like oh must have eaten something bad at the spice den and um and then I started like it felt like a gastro thing and I was like oh this isn't convenient like I'm not I'm just I don't have time for this anyway it kind of just lingered for like 24 hours and then I started feeling like cramps and I was like oh that's weird because those cramps are like pretty consistently timed and I was like so I just started panicking I was like at this stage, Brenton's still. At in this Canada. stage I'm alone. Yeah. Brenton's in Canada. Yeah. And I have a twenty-two month old. And um I'm I was worrying and I was like, I'm just gonna I'm gonna call a babysitter because Brenton's mum was still working as a midwife at this at this point. And um I was like, I'm just gonna call our babysitter and just see if she can come over and just take Burr down and I'll just rest. And at this point I was just getting like more and more in like these cramps were just you know, very and I started timing them and I was like, Oh, this isn't good. Anyway, I call I call Brenton's mom and I'm like, This is what's happening. She was like, I'm coming now and just leaves mid shift. And um Brenton's cousin who I'm quite close with, Kate, she um she was she was around, she was living near me at the time and we were we were really close. So she came over too and she's like, We'll just we'll take you and but my midwife was also on holidays at this point. So I couldn't couldn't talk to her and I had so her um another midwife. I think it was Maria, I actually can't remember if it was Maria or Rose. It's how <laughs> um I think it was Maria. Um I met. she was like, oh, I'm at the hospital. So if you want to come, I'll just check you. Like we'll see what's going on. If you want to put your mind at ease, like I'm sure it's nothing. Like you're fine. You probably just, yeah, you probably just got a little food bug. Like you'll be right. And I was like, great, this is what I want to hear. I didn't have no bags packed, no, because I'm planning to have a home birth, right? Like I've got my box, I've got my pool there. I'm like, I'm doing this at home. I've, I've made up my mind. And um, got to the hospital and it was the same room that Birdie was born in. And um, I was like, oh, this is cute. And um, this the whole scene was just so far from what I would have wanted. I had my mother in law. I had Kate, who you know, not the worst people to have around, but it's just not what I. Envisioned. It's not what I envisioned. It's not what I wanted. And I had a team of people around me who I had never met before. And um, Maria was like, "Let me just. I feel like." ...by your body language and what your body's telling me... ...like I feel like you're in labour. And I was like... ...Brenton's not here. I can't. Like it's not... ...this isn't the plan. I'm in the hospital and Brenton's... ...and it's... ...it was really brutal because... ...so when you're flying home from Toronto... Um, ...to Australia there's like one flight... ...and it's like at 8... ...8.45pm... 8. <laughs> ...and you get to Australia... Twenty something hours later, and anyway, like just before he was like, "I'll leave now. Like, if you think you're in labor, I'll leave now and I can get that flight, and I'll be there in like twenty hours." And I was like, "No, babe, just don't worry about it. Like, I honestly think I just got gastro. Like, I just feel like I need to just get it out, and I'll let you know." Is
1: this before you got to the
0: hospital yeah. that you had that conversation? Yeah. I was yeah, like, okay. "Don't, don't come home. You'll be. It's okay. Yeah. Anyway, I go to hospital. Don't talk to him again. And." ...I'm assuming during this time Brenton's mum's like communicating with him... ...being like no the baby's it's coming now. And he couldn't get home uh, for another... ...like he couldn't leave for like another 24 hours after that. Yeah. And it takes like 24 hours to get home. Yeah. And um, so yeah we she's like you're having this baby and I was like I was not okay about it like I was not in the headspace I was not prepared I thought like and I was only 35 weeks and six days I was like why like why is this happening because my other baby was born at almost 42 weeks yeah and it so just wasn't like we didn't talk about like oh what if what if the baby comes early Mm. um anyway it was a ...horrible experience. I was just trying, like I was ramping up. I was like, oh, I'm doing this then. I'm going to have this baby. I'm going to give birth to my baby. It's, she's going to be fine. Like I didn't think about anything else going wrong. And I had this stupid nurse trying to like shove a drip needles in my arm... ...and I was like, it was, it's, the pain was just fucked. Like I was in labour. And I was like, get away from it. Like, and I was just was, like just getting so frustrated. I was like, just fuck off. Like and I had like the whole room. It was bright light. Like there was people around, and I had like you know family members there. And I was like, I just was. I felt angry. I was yeah. pissed off. Yeah, and I had people talking at me and like trying to shove shit in my arm. And I was just like, blowing. I was really angry. Anyway, she was born.
1: She was tiny. She was two point seven kilos birth exactly like I did with Birdie basically like it was my thing can I ask yeah. what was the timing from when you got into the hospital to it was quick it was like the same as Birdie less than oh really yeah yeah okay and so
0: I birthed uh we did on the bed or floor earth birth <laughs> um, <laughs> I couldn't get in the pool because they were idiots trying to do all sorts of monitoring and stuff and I get it why wow, they were trying to do that like I was admitted like yeah that's what they want to do that's what they try to do um and yeah I felt like I there was no one there was and I know there was no one there advocating for me like no one there that knew what I wanted and who I was and how my body worked so I was in a sea of just you're gonna get what you get here and I was so vulnerable like I had no partner nothing and um Anyway, so I birthed her and like I got her off the ground and I like held her and I was like, you're okay, you're okay, like we're okay. You know, just that whole primal, the speaking that you just unconsciously do and then they were like, okay, we're going to have to take her and she's not breathing or something and I was like, what? She's fine. And anyway, like the whole cascade of just like take her, cut, like I guess it was probably like good, I don't even know, like a good chunk of time before, but not a, not half an hour or 40 minutes or an yeah. hour. It was like, you know, maybe 10, 15 minutes and they cutting cords, taking her, putting her under bright lights and being like, we've got to take her, she's not breathing properly. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, what do you mean? Like, she's fine. She looks fine. Anyway, they take her and I'm with my middle. i like trying to clean myself up, like trying to just, you know, like I'm obviously just given birth I've got this fucking shit everywhere there's blood everywhere I try to take a shower but I'm like just cannot stop shaking my whole body's just going into like shock. shock and just you know like I'm I'm not even here like I'm not even thinking I'm not even I don't even know how to put like one foot in front of the other type thing and then um yeah that's really when the shit just began because they took her and I didn't consent to anything happening to her. My mother-in-law went with her and they started giving her like IV antibiotics, hooked her up to all the shit, admitted her to NICU and I just walked in later. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like what is happening to my baby? Why have you done this? I have not consented to this. I don't know who's consented to this. Somebody has but it's not me.
1: Yeah,
0: And I later like, you know, it was during the time where I was you know, trying to process what had happened to me and Pippa, my midwife was like, they should never have done that. Like they can't actually do any of those things without consent. And I was like, well, they did. Like they didn't even, and she's like, my midwife basically was like, usually we would, you know, send for cultures for, you know, if there's got to be a reason, like we would only want you to, we would advocate for you to only do antibiotics if there was a good reason yeah. why and Did you have a fever or At the time the justification was because I was presenting unwell. Like I had apparently had a high temperature. But now that I know, you know, several years later what a freaking fever is... ...I wasn't worried about it and I wasn't worried about it then... ...even then I had no idea that, you know, possibly there could have been a complication. But um, yeah, so I... It was such a horrible experience in the sense that like I was obviously by myself and my other baby, Birdie, was just like somewhere, don't know, with someone that I don't really trust. And Brenton's on a flight if I don't even know if he is. Like I just, there was so much going on I didn't even have a phone. (laughs) Like, um, And then I had Pip just like in NICU, couldn't touch her. She was tiny, 2.7 kilos. And they were like, do you want a bed? And I was like, what do you mean? Like can I just – I'm just going to sit here or not. Like I'm not obviously leaving the hospital. Like are you kidding me? And they are like, oh, yeah, you can – why don't you just go up to um the maternity ward? And I was like, okay, for what? Like, And they'll just, they just make sure you're okay. I was like, okay. So no, it was just like I was just some um, like – Add on. Yeah. And I was like, hey, where is my midwife? Like where is my – People, like who, like I chose this for a reason. Anyway, um, no one told me about after pains either. Like that wasn't on my radar and I just was the biggest ball of mess. Like in the maternity ward by myself with a whole team of people. I had no idea who they were. They had no idea who I was. My baby wasn't there. I was like full fevering, like the worst after pains ever. And I was like, and they're like, just take drugs for it. I'm like, no, no. It's not how I roll. Just I'm okay. Like this is actually what's required. I'm not a hero. It's just what's required. I am going to breastfeed my baby. Like, what do you think? I'm just going to drug myself? Like, no, thank you. Not my jam. Anyway, I eventually I learned a lot actually through that journey, and um, yeah, obviously I had to have another baby, to which I'll talk about another time as well. Um to have a similar similar journey to realize that the hospital really just is ticking boxes. Mm. Um, but yeah, I held on to a lot of, a lot of grief over that birth. Like it took me, I still think about it and when I learned something new about like baby's first breath or breathing or, you know, that whole the coherence between mother, baby, you know, environment and everything. I'm like, fuck! That was unnecessary. Like mm-hmm. that was so unnecessary. And if only anyone in that room knew what's actually needed and required, mm-hmm. that would have been that wasn't necessary.
1: So, um, I've got a couple of things that I want to touch on. But firstly, I was always under the impression that a baby under two point five kilos, like. Two point five was kind of the cutoff to then go into NICU. So if she's two point seven, like you would have had a case there to have her with you, um, mm. which like I think I could be wrong. Midwives, no, out I think you are I think you
0: actually might be because when Banjo had to go, he was like over four kilos. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So and because it was a breathing thing. Breathing. Okay, and so that's what they said for Pip as well. It was a breathing. It thing. was a breathing thing, okay. and I was like, and because they were like. ...you know, she could have sepsis and I was like... ...well now I know that every baby could have sepsis... ...and everyone yeah. who walks into a hospital could have sepsis... ...so they yeah. just treat it because it's it's what they've got. That's what they work with and it's in, within the framework... ...that they're trying to get around.
1: Um, How long were you guys in
0: hospital So for? she was in NICU for three days and then a further seven to ten days all up. But it was such a drag because like... So wait, NICU for three days and then... Special nursery okay for seven days, but by like day four, I was like, What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Like, I can hold her, she's Getting stronger. Like I've got a fridge full of milk because by then I was like, I'm going to start pumping. Like the minute because I ha- I couldn't do anything else. Mm-hmm. So like I was sitting there in Niku and just pumping, and I was like, it's all I could do. It's all yeah. I could think about doing is just like making sure I don't have the same issues I had with Birdie. Like make sure I can feed my baby. Make sure I can feed my baby. Like she's on a like they're feeding her through a bloody tube. Like I want the breast milk going in there, nothing else. Um, and so. Yeah, it was just protocol. It's like... ...and I mean I'm not saying I know everything... ...and I'm not saying that what I'm saying is right... ...but from my observation of spending two times twice in that environment... ...it was exactly this, two different babies... ...totally different journeys, totally different issues... ...and treated exactly the same as every other baby in there. And I just, it made me really realise, I'm like well... ...something's not right here. Like I feel like these are issues that this could have been... ...all could have been avoided but I just don't have... ...I don't know. I'm not a midwife. I'm not a doctor. Like... How do you
1: advocate for yourself in those situations...
0: ...when you haven't had the experience? Because I learned post-experience. So I had to Mm. have the experience to learn about it. And since I don't take everything a doctor says as gospel... ...I'm going to go look at stuff after and yeah. I'm going to figure something out... ...because in my whole body I know that something's not right... Yeah. ...and I know the way that it was handled wasn't right... ...and I know that it's going to have long-lasting effects for my baby... Yeah. ...so I'm going to figure it out. And I've tried and then there's a lot of... it. ...I'm just like, <sighs> I had to walk that for some reason and yeah. I did. And what am I going to do about it? <laughs> yeah. So... um but yeah, so it was quite traumatic. I mean, not as traumatic as some, but it was my traumatic. So I still definitely hold on to it's just a little bit of like anger towards certain situations where it still doesn't really make any sense to me. I'm like, there's no rhyme or reason for that. But um, yeah, she's groovy now, <laughs> Pip's good now. <laughs> she's a grooviest. She's cool.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Road to Wisdom podcast. To join the journey, you can follow us on Instagram at theroadtowisdom.podcast and at www.theroadtowisdompodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. We look forward to seeing you next week with more juicy content.